Episode 106 of the Redbox Report, the weekly movie podcast where we review the latest Blu-rays and DVD releases for Redbox. I'm your host, Bob Found, and with me is Casey Brady. This week, we're going to take a look at one of the greatest classics of cinema, Seven Samurai. Our top five will be based off of Asian warrior films. Yes. That includes ninjas, samurais, uh, and anything in between. Yeah. You know what we mean. I'm sure there's a word for it, but we yes. just couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and um, mine and Bob's first John Wayne film, Rio Bravo. Yes. But first, it's our two-year anniversary. It is. Two entire years. Can you believe that we're here? <laughs> yeah. I can. You can? <laughs> yeah. I'm very surprised. Really? I thought maybe three episodes tops. <laughs> so. Well, we did 103 more than that so far. So... Kick the tires and light the fires. <laughs> what? <laughs> and if you were wondering what you should get us for a two-year anniversary, there's this thing called the Podcast Awards, and this is our last reminder. Uh, you can go to the Podcast Awards. I keep doing that, though. It's no the. Just www.podcastawards.com and nominate us for Best Movie Slash Film Podcast. Hmm. And uh, I'll put a link up in the show notes. Uh, I think you can only nominate up to February 2nd, so... I still gotta nominate us. Oh my god, what are you waiting for? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, if, if you're into anniversary gifts, that, that could do it. That could really make us happy. But, Extremely. Let's, <laughs> let's get to what the paying customers are here to see. It's the classic, and I mean classic, Akira Kurosawa... 1959 classic. I'm pretty sure that's the correct year. Seven Samurai. Is it 59? 53 or 59? Uh, yeah. Either way. I um, mean, 50s. The 1950s 50s. classic. Yes. Uh, it is one of the considered one of the greatest. Um, Sound and Sight has nominated it uh, on their poll of critics uh, for greatest films of all time. It's got up to. I think five, possibly a couple of times, maybe even three once. The greatest of all time. Um, yeah. yeah, so that's nothing. High expectations. Neither of us had seen it. Obviously. No, neither of us had seen it. Um, but I, I've been wanting to see. I've been really trying. I really, I have been wanting to catch up on the greatest films of all time. But it's so intimidating. This is a daunting one. If you don't like it. What does that mean about you, you know? Like, does that mean you I, have no idea what yeah, you're talking about? Exactly. Just like... Or, does that mean that everyone is just jumping on this bandwagon for a decent film, not a great one? So, are you willing to go against that? Yeah. And I honestly knew nothing about this movie, other than the title and that it was known as, like, one of the best movies of all time. Um, and I kind of figured it was black and white. Really? But, I, I mean, I knew it was about Samurai, don't get me wrong, but I didn't know, like... I didn't know it was almost three hours long. I didn't know... I didn't know the length. The storyline or anything like that. Uh, I, I kind of knew the story. I knew it was... This movie has been one of the most influential films in cinema. Uh, like The Magnificent Seven. Uh, 
consider it a really, really good film. I haven't seen it. It's almost completely based off of Seven Samurai. I feel um, like The Hateful Eight sounds like it's getting yeah. there, those ideas. Um, any type of film that where uh, a community hires um, some band of heroes to protect them, this is pretty much the first film mm -hmm. um, that we know of that that started that kind of genre. Yeah, and uh, you just think, you just see it on the docket, 1954 black and white uh, drama that's almost three hours long, considered one of the best movies of all time, and I'm like, okay, here we go. This is going to be a digest, and like, I'm going to try to sit down, and this is going to be work. But it wasn't. Not at all, no. 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 Um, and which is surprising, because this film, I think, originally in America was released at uh, a little bit over two hours because they didn't think any American audience would ever sit through uh, an entire... I think the entire film uh, is around three or oh, yeah, 206 over three minutes. Hours. That's right. Yeah, it's over three hours. It's about three hours and 26 minutes or so. It doesn't feel um, that long. But they cut out a ton of stuff for the American version, and over the years they've re-released it a couple times uh, bringing in all the scenes, and now I think uh, most people know of the, the the longest version. Yeah. So why don't you tell us the story? Uh, so before we get into it, there is this uh, farmer village that has been raided by uh, bandits. They said they're going to come back once the harvest time uh, occurs. So this community sets out uh, several several of the community members sets out. Uh, to hire uh, as many samurai as they can to come and protect them. They eventually find a band of samurai uh, slowly. Seven of them. Seven of them. <laughs> well, actually, well, kind of. Uh, we'll get into that, because yeah. there really isn't seven samurai. But, uh, yes. but so eventually, over time, they get an, uh, a band of them. They come back, and they organize the community uh, into defending themselves, as well as helping them defend um, and a big battle ensues. Yeah, and well, not so much a big battle. That's one thing about this. Yeah, film. there's it's not no, as, there is no gigantic battle. It's not as epic as I imagined. It's a series of battles. Yeah, uh, that's very actually strategically planned. Um, it, it made a lot of sense with the certain strategies that they were trying to implement in the the, the ways that they actually executed them. Sometimes there was a little bit. Um, that okay, they destroyed a little walk, uh, a little bridge over a stream, and that somehow stopped them from coming a certain way. Those little things, um, you, you can just attribute it. it to that era, yeah, uh, of not trying to make something extremely grand. But overall, the strategies, the actual uh, plot of how how things move forward, uh, was very, very well mm -hmm. uh, created. I thought the pace; it didn't feel lo that long to me. No, not at Great all. Great pace. I was surprised how fun the movie was. There's humor in it. There's everything. It's yeah. lighthearted, but yet serious. And and there's a lot of elements to it that really just made it a fun watch. Yeah, it was extremely fun. Did not seem at all uh, like it was almost three and a half hours. The, the intermission um, came quick for me. I was like, already yeah. an intermission. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There was a lot of there a lot of different elements. There were some very serious moments. Uh, and you actually felt for certain characters whenever they died or mm -hmm. whenever something tragic happened to them or you found out something that tragic happened to them. But then there were extremely funny parts, such as 
Um, there, there's one character, he's considered the seventh samurai, um, <laughs> but he's not really a samurai. He doesn't have the heritage. He doesn't actually have the formal training, um, which I think is a neat thing that uh, um, Kurosawa was saying is that being a samurai is not so much about your lineage or your formal training. It's about your character. It's about your uh, honor that creates a samurai. Mm -hmm. And so he was the seventh samurai. Um, now, the movie doesn't center around him as being like the seventh samurai. I don't want to try to make it seem like that. Uh, yeah. But it was just a little addition to the movie. He earns his way in there. He does. Now, he I actually really did not like him. Probably my least favorite he character. Was way over the top. Always yelling, always upset. Jumping around. Yeah, like overacting. Yeah, I really didn't like him. That's the only, probably the only thing in this movie that I disliked. Um, and there was so much of him that it just, over three and a half hours. It didn't bother me, but I was always waiting for the other guys to come up, you know. Oh, absolutely. Um, and the other guys that did come up, all the other samurai, were very flushed out. Maybe two of them weren't so much. Yeah. Uh, one of the remaining ones who lives. Actually, I think two of them. Yeah, I live. kept getting the two confused. The ones that they recruited. I knew that there's the master swordsman. He was distinguished. Y he the was young, awesome. Yeah, he was. The young guy, the apprentice. Well, he wasn't even considered one of the seven yeah, samurai. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you had so you had the major leader, um, who, who was, was awesome. Who is awesome. He is the perfect leader. But it wasn't like a caricature of a leader. Yeah. It was. It seemed so real. Um, that He's the he Leonardo be, of the group. Um, <laughs> if you want to go there. Yeah. Um, but then you had, you did have the distinguished swordsman, almost like Bakula. Bakula I call and, him the uh, Raphael. Raphael. He had a kind of an attitude. Nah. Uh, sort of, but not overdone. Not like Raphael, where <laughs> From it's the like, original. oh my god. <laughs> okay, you're angry at the world, who cares? You had hey. your goofy guy, Michelangelo. Um, you did, yeah. Are you talking about the seventh guy, the seventh samurai? No, no, I was talking about his old buddy uh, that he runs into. He's like, "Oh, happened to see you here. We, I could use your help." Remember, they both survived their a war from the past. And oh yeah, yeah, and he, he was kind of jovial and yeah, he survives at the end as well. Yeah. Um. Then you have this other guy who was my favorite. Uh, he's the one. So when they're trying to find these samurai, um, the main leader is testing them in certain ways. A couple of them, he tests them by uh, having someone stand behind the door, ask them to come in, the, come into the hut, and then the guy tries to hit him over the head. Um, yeah. And a real samurai is not going to get hit over the head by yeah. such a simple trick. You and there's like different; they share different ways that they noticed it. Too. Exactly. My favorite is the guy who just. Saw the shadow and goes, Are you, Are you, you got to be just. <laughs> yeah. yeah, come on. He was my favorite by far. Yeah. Um, he, he seemed very intelligent, but he was very good with a sword. Uh, but he was extremely charismatic and fun. Yeah. He was the best, I think. Um, and then what was the last guy? The one that was chopping wood? The guy that was chopping wood, yep. Uh, but then you actually had a couple other ones. Um, yeah. Some of them, I had, like I said, about two of them to me were about, un, they were kind of unforgettable, or forgettable. Yeah. Um, but the rest were very well flushed out, and that was enough for me. Yes. Um, you actually had a lot of villagers flushed out. You had the old man, you had a couple of them that actually went there. The went, angry guy. The angry guy. Um, you find out has a reason to be as angry as he is. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, but then when, when these characters die... You feel so much for it. Yeah. Uh, you you feel a lot of pain because 
you actually get invested in these characters. And I feel one thing that a lot of Americans don't like about foreign films is that they're not able to connect with characters for some reason, maybe because of the, the language culture. barrier, the culture, um, various other reasons. This film easily, I don't know if anyone could watch this film and not get connected yeah. to at least one character, you know. Yeah. Um, but there, because there's so many different types of characters uh, that you got to, you feel that you're close to at least one of them, but that even the rest of them, you get to know, you get to learn who they are, uh, and you get attached. Yeah, and you know I love training montages. So, and I meant training montages and recruiting, recruiting montages montage. slash. This scenes. is easily the greatest. Yes, because it's not a. Mo- I don't. I wouldn't. It's consider, not a montage. Yeah, it's not. It it's actually actual it flushes it flushed out. out scenes. It's like a half which an hour. Is perfect. <laughs> it actually, is more, awesome. I, almost more than a half an hour. That was almost the first half of the yeah. film, and that was my favorite half. Was the first half. Uh, I know yeah. there's more action in a second, but I just really liked getting to know these characters. And yeah, I would actually probably agree with you. I did like the first, yeah, the first half, um, because I guess a little bit of the nitpicking with the second half during those battles, um, some people would just fall over without even yeah. getting touched. Yeah, and so when you see that, it it kind of takes you out a little bit of the movie, just a little bit. Um, and it all it started to feel a little bit samey every time there would be a skirmish. Yeah, yeah, you know, uh, a little bit. These yeah. are nitpicks. I, I mean, I love the movie. To be honest, I, I did too. Um, but uh, but the actual battle scenes themselves, though, for the most part, I actually really like. Uh, one thing that um, that he used was the the thundering of the the uh, the hoofs of yeah. the horses. Which whenever that whenever you heard the thundering of them. Uh, you knew, this, you knew bat- they were coming. this battle was coming, and it was going to be epic. You get that tension um, right before. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and how about the uh, the villagers when the samurai first show up? They they don't want to be around at all, and the samurai are offended by that. Yeah, well, some well one major one guy is majorly offended. Yeah, they're uh, like we're here to fight for you, and you won't even come around us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, that kind of made me angry at the villagers. That and they actually hid food away from yeah. the samurai. Uh, they're here to help, and yet yeah, you're gonna you gotta keep them energized. Yeah, yeah. and then there's the whole storyline with the the one older guy's daughter, who they she he cuts her hair and says pretend to be a man, and then the apprentice guy falls in love with her. Oh yeah, yeah. And I guess I never called a Donatello. He could be Donatello because his staff was really big when he saw her. <laughs> uh, okay. But what did you think of that whole element? I thought I actually I really liked it. It wasn't overdone at all. Yeah, um, it they was... didn't try to force it. It was there was a couple scenes where they were, I mean it showed uh, a, a love interest. And it was like a perfect amount. It wasn't interfering with the story. I think a lot of films, especially modern films, they feel like they need to have at least two storylines. Your main storyline and then a love interest storyline. And then they, they take that love interest and just infuse it so much into the film yeah. that the actual story of the film is overpowered. Exactly. This film, not at all. It was blended the, in very the right amount. Yeah. yeah, I agree. But... It all comes down to that final battle. And there's a lot of serious stuff that goes down. That's when the humor kind of dies down and you start getting some real dramatic scenes. Like when the angry guy f- sees his wife 
That was crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. She um, kills herself. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was um, intense. Yeah, the whole second half was definitely more intense. The first half, uh, not so much fun, but it, well, it is fun for us yeah. viewers. Uh, there was, a, I don't think, a, there was some comedy. Uh, and then the right after the intermission, during the villagers uh, coming together, uh, preparing for the battle, creating fences, moats, and so forth, that's when all the humor, I think, was. Yeah. Uh, you actually felt that uh, eventually the, the 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 village and the samurai they really blended together really well. They got to know each other. They were able to have a camaraderie uh, that really was shown through the film. Yes. And then the very end was completely dramatic. That's when the seriousness happened. That's when the death yes. occurred. And uh, one of my favorite lines uh, is when the leader says. We we were defeated too. It's the villagers' victory, not yeah, ours. I know. And then it cuts to the the mountain top where there's three um, funeral pyres. Yes. Um, you know, great way to to close it out. Amazing Absolutely. final shot. Yeah. I thought the movie really did a good job of conveying like the anxiety of knowing this this war, or this this battle is going to come. It's mm -hmm. almost like they're like, just come on, let's get it over with, just so we can. Don't have to sit here and have the anxiety. Well, absolutely, yeah. All all the emotions were really fluently showed. Mm -hmm. But the thing that to me that stood out in this film, this is uh, based in nineteen or uh, the fifteen hundreds. Yeah, it one hundred percent felt like I was watching a documentary. Not I don't want to say documentary, but like somehow a portal has opened up, and I'm looking through this portal and seeing. Something happened in the night or the 1500s. It's almost like you um, could tell me this was shot in the 1500s, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I buy it." They <laughs> had uh, pretty nice cameras back then. But uh, it's it was crazy. Though, it does a really good job of transporting you, and and, and everything does. felt natural and real. Nothing felt out of place to me. Whether it was the costumes, the, yes. the setting, um, I don't know. Everything, everything about it was just perfect. I really felt. Everything was real. And I love how natural everything is. You know, when when you see a lot of these movies set in the past, they always have all the people have no sense of humor, be really stiff and strict and to the point. Like, people back then, I'm sure, still had personalities, you know? Mm -hmm. I like that they did that. Like, the elder, he's like, I would have told you 14, but then you... Like, he's making kind of jokes, and everyone mm -hmm. has just a real personality. It's yeah. not like uh, everything's so deadly serious just because it's the past. Yeah. Know? Now, there there were some good things and bad things about this point where uh, the the film really showed the village people as a village. Um, you really... I, I just made another YMCA joke. I'm sorry. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you, it felt like there was enough people to be this kind of small village. Um but one thing that they kept on showing was them laughing as a crowd. Yeah, I didn't yeah. like that. <laughs> that might uh, be a thing in the fifties. I don't know. Maybe I did. I didn't really like that. But on the other side, during the battles, there was a perfect amount of people. During the work scenes, it just felt like a real village. Yes, um, it felt like it felt. Some movies you have a big group in one shot, and then when you get to the fighting, it's just two people at a time, or you know, small. This felt like. You had you had a set number of 
villagers in your mind, and that stayed there throughout everything. Yeah. You know, like, it felt right, the numbers. It wasn't, like, too many. It wasn't sparse here, and then, okay, we'll get a lot of people in the in these wide shots. Mm -hmm. Now, what about during, during the battle, uh, or battles in the training, uh, the samurai each had their own kind of platoon. Um I do wish they would have showed each platoon a little bit more and seen how they were different from other platoons and how one samurai trained theirs differently. Uh, but they did show that there was like this sense of um, camaraderie between the people in each platoon. Like they were cheering, and then the one samurai goes, "Well, come on, guys, we can cheer louder than them." And so they start <laughs> cheering louder, and then the other other group starts cheering louder. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, I really like that. Yeah, I, I did see like one one seemed uh, one platoon seemed much more disciplined. It was actually the uh, the swordmaster. Yeah, his his platoon was very disciplined. Yeah. You know, um, I, I wish there was a little bit more of that because um, I think that would have been a really neat element to show. Mm -hmm. But they did. They still did a great job. And they that. show all their different styles of fighting. Like the guy who's not a samurai, he just throws like ten swords into the ground and is like. I'm going to need all these if I'm going to, you know, and he's like fighting mm -hmm. with one and he picks up another. Yeah. I thought it was really cool how they individualized everybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, a shout out to one scene that one, might have been my favorite scene in the movie when they first see the, the sword master guy and he's trying to, he's just fighting some guy that's an asshole who's just like trying to prove he's he's good. And they're using fake swords. I guess they're using rods or whatever. Yeah, they were using like and bamboo sticks. And he says, it was a tie. I would have killed you. Now, but still, for real, I'll prove it to you. And he's like, no, you don't want to do this. You don't. Okay, fine. And he kills the guy. Yeah. That was probably my favorite scene. And then the leader goes, I just saw him kill some guy. We've just lost our best swordsman. Yeah. Um, and then eventually does come and get him. But yeah. I don't know. I, I like that aftermath. The, the, the leader just... Almost not wanting him because of that. Because yeah. he was... Oh! Another fantastic scene is when the main samurai guy goes and rectifies the hostage situation. When you first meet him. Mm -hmm. How he, he takes the food. Yeah. yeah he cuts off, he's a monk. off his hair, uh, which I believe in uh, Japanese culture is a sign of great honor to, to cut off your hair. And I think... Uh, Roger Ebert said he thinks that's the this is the first film that actually uh, implemented that, and so then now a lot of Japanese samurai films. Well, like Crash and Tiger hair stuff. Yeah, well, sort of. Where it's kind of just like in the back with the ponytail. Well, cutting cutting it off. Okay. Because that's the that actually signifies a lot. But yeah, he, he cuts it off, pretends to be a monk, um, offers food, gives him the food, and then rushes in. Yeah, and kills him. Just um, a great way to introduce the character. Yeah. Pretty much every character they did found an awesome way to introduce him. Absolutely, so many great scenes in this movie, and mm -hmm. it all comes together as a whole. It does. Yeah, that's that's the thing. There are so many great scenes, and a film can do that. But if there's no uh, connectivity between the scenes, it can leave you feeling a little empty. Absolutely, this film not at all. Each scene is perfectly blended uh, uh, or connected with one another. Yeah. Yet each scene individually is great by itself. So. What do you give it? I give it a nine and a half. Me too. Oh. Cracked the bottom of my top one hundred of all time. After first. Year. Really? Yeah. That's good. Um, I think for me it would be around fifty. Yeah. Um, 
possibly in the 40s. 96, I think I had it. 96. And it could go up over time. It's always hard when you first watch a movie, but mm -hmm. I definitely understand why it's considered an all-time great. That's Absolutely. for sure. Uh, yeah. So let's get to the other ancient warrior movies that yes. are our favorites. Yeah. Is this a genre? You love this genre, right? Um, I actually don't know much about the genre at Me all. Me either. I know almost nothing. Um, I had a little bit of a tough time coming up with it. Absolutely. And, and it's not like there's not a lot of great movies in this genre. It's just that I haven't seen most of it. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I mean, you got all these movies that... Yoshimbo, or Yojimbo, I'm sorry. Uh, Bear and Cub. All these, like, classic... That I know them just by name, but I just haven't seen them yet. Uh, see, I, I don't even know that much. Like, um, I don't know. I, I know uh, Kurosawa is... He's the main guy, I feel, uh, in terms of the, the, the yeah. samurai films. And, and most of his are, like, top-notch. But besides that, I don't know much else. And I know a couple of his films. I've actually seen uh, one or two other ones that might make this list. Um, <laughs> but besides that, no, I don't, I don't know enough. Yeah. It makes me open to watching more of his movies, though, after seeing Seven mm -hmm. Samurai. Because it, this is way more than just an action film. Oh, I yeah. Would, like that's a lot what, of themes and that's what I typically see these films as is more just I mean even though I haven't seen many I guess I have this stereotype mind, yeah. that it's just just kind of combat that's it and I'm not the biggest fan of just combat films mm -hmm. um, but this easily opens that and uh, breaks that mold so. I agree with you what's your number five my number five is thirteen assassins honorable mention for um, me. Oh, you seen I've it? seen it it's really um, good yeah it's on Netflix I believe. Um, this film, uh, there's a there's uh, thirteen assassins. In 2010, well, I think. It's a newer film. Yeah, one guy um, he kills, uh, I believe, uh, a warlord or the warlord's yeah. wife or something. Um, but so then he hires twelve other people. Um, and the the problem with this film, not that there's a big problem, um, but there's not a lot of individual. Uh, individuality that's true. among the assassins. That's like this true. film, you get to know all seven samurai, or at least mo almost all seven of them, really well. In this film, it's less about that, more of them, I guess, as a whole, uh, and they're kind of. Uh, it's more. I feel more plot driven. Yeah. Uh, more great so action than, too. It is extremely good action. Yeah. That's why I made it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if they could have added a uh, element of characterization, it would have been incredible. Yeah, I think... But I, it's still really, really good. Completely agree. It's probably my number six. But my number five, Ghost Dog, Way of the Samurai. That's my number four. All right. Uh, you recommended this to me for the film club segment last year, and and it was really good. Uh, yeah, I really... I didn't think you liked it that much, though. Um, it kind of... It's one of those movies I think I gave it a seven and a half at the time, but it just feels better than that. It's, to me, it you was know? The absolutely... Um, one training montages. I don't know how you feel hysterical. I think it's the one of the greatest training montages I've ever seen. It's such a um, modern take on it. Yeah, on but a it, samurai. it fits so well. He has it's, the same codes. He just yeah. a great score. It's got humor as well. It's a movie that, upon reflection, has really lasted in my mind. Yeah, and I, some good action too. Yeah, the action. I mean, that's not what it's, it's really about. Of, but. Yeah. I think it's just this character that Forrest Whitaker plays that 
so it's unique. incredible. Uh, yeah, very, very unique. Uh, completely opposite of what our society yeah. uh, tells us kind of we should be. Exactly. Um, it shows that maybe we're wrong and we should look at it. Yeah, no doubt. But my number four, it's a movie you've talked about that you liked it way better upon a rewatch. And I finally rewatched it today. Kill Bill, Volume 1 and 2. Oh, okay. I didn't even think about putting that on really? the list. Yeah. Kill Bill, man. Definitely better than I remember. Yeah. Still don't love it, but it's really, really good. Really? You didn't? Yeah. You don't love I, I like Volume 2 better than Volume 1. But it's all good. I don't know which one I like better. Uh, either way, I loved it. I really, really... Give it like a heavy 8 on a second viewing. Oh, I think okay. the first time I gave it like a 7 or 7.5. Mm -hmm. But some I know that it's exactly what it's going for, so I know it's not like a mistake, but the over-the-top blood spraying and all limbs flying just yeah. didn't always work for me. There's a lot of things that I was like, eh, did I really like that? But it was completely overweighed by the amount of stuff that I did like. There's mm -hmm. so much awesome stuff. Yeah, He's got animated sequences and He's just doing a lot of different stuff that most of it works. It's way more hit than this. Yeah. Uh, my number three, I don't know how to fully say it, uh, Kagemusha. I don't know. Um, another Kurosawa film. I haven't seen that. Uh, this film, uh, basically, uh, like a, a thief or a peasant, um, he he doubles as a, uh, a feudal lord when he the feudal lord dies. Um and there's like a, a another, um, I don't know, uh, kingdom or whatever, okay. um, trying to attack or take over. Uh, but this film, the cinematography is insanely good. It's not your just typical like um, basic shooting of scenery. There's so much added to it, so much different colors and lights. It is crazy good. When it comes to the, how it looks, uh, the story is really good. The characters are really good. The action is really good, but the cinematography is really, really good. Nice. Recommended as a second uh, Kurosawa movie for me. I would say, yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. Nice. I might have to check that out. You have to write down what the name was for me because I don't know. You start yeah. with the K. Yeah, uh, I think it's Kage Musha, but I don't know if okay. that's actually how you say it. Yeah. My number three is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. That's my number two. <laughs> Another movie that I rewatched recently and loved way more on a second. Yeah, watch. I think, I think some critics might say it's uh, it's just overhyped, but I really don't think it is. I don't think so. I think it is that incredible that the masses love it because it's that good. Yeah, it's that appealing. Um, I had some scripting and dialogue issues with it, but that's well, the minor, dialogue I feel like yeah. is because of. Um, a translation could be yeah um, but that is again completely outweighed by the amazing martial arts hidden wire work and uh, and it's a good story too yeah I, I, the story is pretty good but I won the wire work to me is incredible it's over the top but somehow it works perfectly mm -hmm. just seems perfect for that world I just, that they created. When, when they stand on a branch and the branches yeah. they're dipping down but they're like I don't it's just, they're still fencing it's I good. love it I yeah. really loved it I was 
lately I've been rewatching stuff and liking them way more than I originally did. Mm-hmm. And I've never really had that experience before, so I like it. I'm just gonna rewatch everything, and I'll right, hopefully I'll love it. But my number two is Seven Samurai. Your number two? Yes. Well, it's my number one. I have no idea what your number one could be. <laughs> you do. It's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original. That's what you're counting. Oh. They are ninja too. Oh my god, that literally is disgusting. I mean, it's like in my top. Not even just because oh, it's Seven Samurai. You got to put it. Like, there's no, there's literally no Ninja way. Turtles is in my top twenty of all time. You one, you can. It's I feel like you can agree. Hundred. It's not because you think it's a better film. You just I enjoy. Agree. Yes, hundred percent agree. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles more. That's Fact. Okay. Fact. Fact. And that's I think that's one thing with my list. I usually mix it up. Sometimes I put ones that I just really enjoy and I know might not be that good, yeah. but I just enjoy them a ton. Yeah. While others, I just, put because I know they're. they're I good. feel like I had to stay true to my yeah my yeah. roots. So that's yeah. what I did. It's predictable. I just even, yeah. And I didn't know it wasn't. I couldn't. <laughs> I would never have thought that you would put that. You uh, had to feel like. Uh, Ninja Turtles was influenced by Seven Samurai because <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I maybe don't know. Ninja Turtles influenced Seven Samurai. That's know? what it is. That's what it is. My only other honorable mention was Batman Begins, but that's really just like a half an hour chunk of the movie that's really that kind of movie. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really include it. Okay. Did you have any? No, I didn't put any. Okay. Let's move on to another classic that I'm catching up on. Rio Bravo. Yes, Rio Bravo. Um, it is set in this western town with John Wayne. Uh, it is directed by Howard Hawks. Um, but so it's set in this western town where John Wayne is the sheriff. Um, he imprisons a uh, a person for murder. You find out that that person is the brother um, to a very wealthy and powerful man uh, who then basically is trying to break his brother out of jail. So yes. John Wayne and his very, very tiny band of yes. uh, share, or, um, deputies, deputies um, basically is trying to hold out and wait for um, the U.S. Marshal to come. Yeah, and Dean Martin, the singer, is the co-star. Yeah, yeah, you are, yeah. You know what? Now, I didn't... Like, I know he was in the film, and yeah. I know it was him, but at the same time, like when watching it, it's like you kind of forget. Yeah. So that's crazy that it he wasn't actually, until he started singing and later on. You know what? Actually, I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> Dean Martin. That's right, he's a singer too. You know, it's crazy because during the film, I thought, my God, this guy is an incredible <laughs> singer. You should have not have done any acting and just gone straight to, uh, you know, to recording that's records. That's oh funny. my God, that, yeah. that just blew my mind. You know what? That actually is an issue I have with the film. It's too good of singing for some. Random drunk uh, cowboy. No. Wow. <laughs> Holy crap. My mind is blown. Um, so, why did you recommend this movie to me? Um, one, because I loved it. Um, and the feeling. It, I feel this. this uh, there's a ton of films that kind of do this. Uh, saw it on Precinct 13. Um, you have 310 to Yuma. You have, uh, thir- I think, 13 or 16 blocks. You have a ton of these type of films. And, I mean, they're a little bit I've different. I've never seen a song on Precinct um, 13. But... 
it's basically the exact same thing. It's they're yeah, holding out. Uh, well, no, you have like a, a '70s version. Oh, really? Um, and then you have the new one, like two thousand, the remake, two thousand eight or something. Um, but it's this the the tension that is created in this film is so palpable. Hmm. At least for me, I felt it so much in my gut, so much nervousness while watching this film. I thought, you know, I mean, to have that emotion while watching a film is is incredible. If, for a, a film to bring that out. I'm guessing you didn't get that? I didn't. Uh, my thing is, did you watch it with Mackenzie in the room? Uh, yeah, but she was doing completely her own thing. Yeah, I see. I can see. If I can guess that, I... I well, I'm, I really enjoyed the movie. Yeah. It just felt like a leisurely... This is more like the Western... I'm used to, just from what I remember seeing scenes and and chunks of growing uh, up. Really? I, a completely enjoyable, fine movie, but just so slow in its pace, in a comfortable way, just to like... Oh, it's very slow. But um, I, it felt comfortable that, it, in the pace. The, the slow burning tension is the I reason why I recommend it. I just didn't feel the, the tension. I mean, I... I have no idea how. Every like to me... You felt every single day, you felt every single night waiting huh. for that thing to happen, for them to attack. Really? At least I did. I mean, literally, I felt the day and night. I felt like I was in the film going through the day and nights, waiting at nighttime for those, even though it was 10 minutes of nighttime, I felt it was 10 I hours feel like of the darkness. The characters didn't feel that. The characters didn't portray anxiety or. Or they just seemed comfortable in their own skin. What? Other than insane. At least, all right. Maybe it's John Wayne. John Wayne. um, It's John Wayne. He soothed me too much. I have this picture of John Wayne, which is why I've never watched any of his films, as this most invincible character that um, he's always perfect. He's always going to win at the end of the day, uh, no matter what. He's not even going to get hurt during the day. That was completely shattered by this film. In this movie. Not, I meant like his character was not a badass. Not at he all. He got that beat was, up and hit. Home. That's what I loved. That, that was cool. That, that was, was com- cool. My, the, my stereotype once again is just completely, or this preconception is completely shattered. Within the first minute, he gets knocked down yeah, like, by his. There you go. By his number one deputy. Exactly. I <laughs> love that. that. No, that was. Like, I really did. Perfect. I enjoyed. That. And even though he still had this kind of um, stoicism. That's Throughout the whole I mean. film, um, he still you still felt the deep down that he was scared. He was scared. And you, See, I, I didn't feel that. See, I felt or what the hell's his name, uh, uh, Stumpy. He wasn't portraying very much fear either. But you got to. I, I feel like maybe I'm just looking too far into it. But that's his, the way of him coping with it is for nonstop talking. Like he, because he's so scared, that's what some people do mm-hmm. is they just keep on talking. Because once they stop, then they actually have to think about the situation they're in. That's fair. Um, and I mean, you got uh, feathers. The names in this movie are amazing. <laughs> you got uh, Tom or no something T Chance is uh, John Chance, Wayne's yeah. character, and then you have Dude. Who's the alcoholic played by Dean Martin? Mm-hmm. I liked his character a lot. He's yeah. probably my favorite character. He, he actually did a really good job. Uh, you have Colorado, which he, he was actually pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and you have Feathers, who's the girl? Yeah, she did. She actually was pretty. She good. She was really good. 
She portrayed the fear, but that made sense because she was just out of a all of them. Civilian. No, she didn't. She had no. I feel fear. like he had Colorado. He's cool as a cucumber. He's not scared of anything. Yeah. John Wayne, he just. Yeah, I'm going to guess get him. I'm going to win the fight. I don't know. He just was so <laughs> nonchalant. Dude, he's so worried about not drinking, which I really like that aspect of the movie. Mm-hmm. It just showed, I don't know, how he's dedicated to trying to help his friend and become a deputy and well. and kick the habit no matter how hard it is. And Stumpy uh, was probably my least favorite character in a movie. He got more annoying than I did not else. like him at all, ever. But it was like, uh, that's the type of person he is. Yeah, well... Um, <laughs> just because I don't like that type of person doesn't mean that character shouldn't be in the film, just because I don't like that I person. Was, I feel like if someone was going to get killed, though... <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing. None of the good guys got killed, except for his friend... In the very beginning. Yeah. Well, hey, there you go. Someone got killed. That uh, actually did surprise me. You wanted to, well, you wanted someone to die? Yeah, main character. Um, they don't have to because they got hurt a lot and they went through tribulations. And yeah, I guess maybe it would have been a little bit more real if a uh, dude would have gotten killed. Definitely you don't kill John Wayne. Uh, Colorado uh, would have been too, like... Obvious. Obvious if he yeah. would have died. Stumpy. It had to be Stumpy. Yeah. Sorry, Stump. <laughs> um, but I actually really liked Stumpy being... Uh, he would always bar himself uh, <laughs> yeah. behind like a, a gate. Like It was the perfect strategy. Like That was perfect that they had that. It wasn't just some uh, jail yeah. where you know you, brought, you go through the front door and you see right. an inmate. You know, you got to go around this back, but to get around the back, you got to go through this gate. I'm a little paranoid, though. He almost, <coughs> he almost killed dude at one point. I'm there. You go. There, right there. That shows the the tension. Oh, um, I don't know. Um, there's a lot of really good scenes. A like, ton of them. Yeah, there is a million of them. There are. I'm. Never. I can't believe you don't like this film. It's the in between that like crazy. It's literally up. insane. It's the. It's a really long movie. I feel like it didn't oh have to be that long. It felt long. It was only like two, two hours. Two and a half hours. I don't know if it was two and a half. I'm pretty sure. Maybe two hours and 13 minutes, I feel like. <laughs> oh, right. I'm getting that number. Two hours and 22 minutes is my guess, but I don't know. It like it felt that long because of the tension was building and building and mm. building, and you're waiting for it to happen. See, I would watch this kind of movie any just Sunday afternoon. What's on TV? Oh yeah, let's watch this. Kick back. I, and watch I feel it. like you don't you know you don't watch a film and have your full attention to it. That's your problem. And so That's these types these type of tension builders that you can't do it. You can't you can't watch these type and enjoy them because of that. You're on your phone half the time. No, I didn't touch my phone. Um, you have your your kid with you, which is fully understandable. Yeah, um, no choice. But still, that means that's you're not going to be able to enjoy them as much. Mm, maybe. I can't say for certain, obviously, because I don't know. But to me, so many good scenes, but for some reason... Two hours, 21. Ooh, well, it's one off. Yeah. I just... The good scenes really stand out. Like, at the end, when they're throwing a dynamite and shooting it. All the shootouts. When he went into the bar to find the guy that was hiding. Which was the way an awesome he found, scene. That was an awesome scene. Probably my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Of the movie, the, the only th- the only thing I didn't like about that was 
Oh, he just notices the blood <laughs> yeah. on the com- come right, on. Yeah. come on. But it was played out, paced really well. Mm-hmm. I really liked the way the movie opened um, with the guy. It was like a silent film in the beginning. Mm-hmm. It was uh, he stumbles in drunk, and he wants to drink. The guy flips the coin into the spittoon, and he looks depressed. He goes to get it. John Wayne comes, knocks the bucket away. He cracks John Wayne over the head. The other guy shoots some random guy, and then he starts kicking him. This is all with no dialogue or anything, but it completely... Although I was confused when the dude comes back and saves John Wayne in the end after he just, like, knocked him out and got yeah, That, that was conf- weird. That was, yeah. But other than that, it really got across, okay, this guy's a drunk, this is the bad guy. You know, mm-hmm. John Wayne, just being John... Look, I, this is my first John Wayne movie, but I know who John Wayne is. You know? Yeah. You just... That presence is so above and beyond. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's because he's that good or because it's just ingrained in my head from childhood and my grandparents loving him. and I don't know. That voice. Yeah. I, the voice doesn't. <laughs> he just looked like a tired old man, but something about his presence on screen works. Um. You know? What about another problem I have though is the love interest between him and the feathers. You didn't like the love interest? No. That whole story arc was perfect. It fits so well, so smoothly incorporated mm. into the film as a whole. Oh my gosh. It just seemed to me that's a fifty year old and a twenty two year old girl. It just seemed weird to me. I don't but well, she was buy not twenty two. Uh-huh, they commented. In when the he f- was reading the wanted ad. 22-year-old girl. In the film she was. Yes. In real life oh, she's no, not no, 22. So, so, she, so that just because they... I mean, she doesn't look 22, just, he doesn't look 30 or whatever. He looked like he's 50 or 60 years old. No, he didn't. He, he looked, looked like 45. She looked maybe 35. All right. Well, at least double her age in the movie. It just... I don't know. I didn't buy it. It just seemed like the old, old-time macho. The man has to get the girl. You know... No, it you wasn't would never like that see, at all. You would never see a 50-year-old woman getting a 22-year-old boy. And that's ageist, though. I mean, why Why is that not okay for that to happen? It's just creepy. Felt mm. creepy to me. Okay. I mean, 30... Felt like forced. Why does he have to end up hooking up yeah, with her then? 30, 40 years ago, they would have said, why, why they can't have interracial, you know... Uh, Couples getting together. That's what you're basically saying now. Is that, she oh, should have hooked up with two Kyle people of different Ryan. ages can't get together? No, I'm not saying. That. I, to be honest, I feel comp- like it doesn't fit. Well, in this film, I didn't think they were that different in age. Um, in I did watch a film this week. I'll talk about later and what else we watch. But Vertigo. Um, yeah. The age in that is yeah. <laughs> so drastic. And I'm not saying... That I've, I did feel it's really... It's not the age difference that really bothers me. It's just the fact that in Hollywood, it's always the leading guy has to get the yeah, girl but it wasn't no matter like, what. But it wasn't like him making her fall in love with him, like your typical no, macho type No, he's just so of... badass that... No, it wasn't like that at <laughs> all, though. It but wasn't like It's that. one of these things where no matter what he does, it's the perfect thing to get her going. And... No, it really was. Yeah. I don't know. Just felt weird to me. I liked her character. Her character by was itself. Perfect. She was a great character. He was a great character. I just didn't buy them together. Oh, I, I like the did. whole. These two extremely independent people, hmm. definitely getting together. And the scenes when she's like 
just rambling on. Oh, I'm such an idiot. I better stop talking before I put my foot in my mouth. I don't know. Uh, so I, I mean, like the poker scene, though, when she won at poker. And then he thinks that she's like this thief. And I still think, people. like, well, that whole time, I still, even now, I still feel like she did cheat. Yeah. She has those cards somewhere. <laughs> right. um, she planted them on the other guy. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that is. Um, but, okay, my, I want to, I have a couple questions. Okay. One, so did you feel anything during the night scenes? The night scenes. Like, that's when they're going to be surprise attacked by the gang? Yeah. They would, because to me, it perfectly showed the the outside of the little bit of light that they had, um, whether yeah. wherever they were walking. It was effective. Anything could happen on the fringes of that darkness. Um, they had to stay in either the hotel or the or the jail. Yeah, it was. But, but effective. they didn't though. They walked out several yeah. times. Yeah. And during those uh, walkabouts. Anything could have happened. You didn't feel any of that tension? It was effective. I felt a little bit. It just wasn't like in my gut. Didn't have me entranced. But I definitely understood that this is dangerous. It was effective. It just wasn't. I, I feel like there's. It's. Am I. I mean, most of the stuff is pretty obvious in this film. Like, uh, like under. Like when you say, I understood that it was. You know, something could happen. To me, this film was all about the feel. Like, I felt the danger. So if you, I guess if you don't feel yeah. the danger, then this movie doesn't do anything for you. It did something for me. Just didn't love, love it. Okay, now the two things that bothered me, well, they actually didn't, one didn't bother me. They kept on doing the same thing over again, such as telling Stumpy, get back into yes. the hole. They did yes. that like 25 times. The um, tossing a gold uh, half dollar in the spittoon that twice, joke. yeah. Well, it actually, was like three or four times. Yeah, yeah at the very yeah, beginning, that's right. and then um, when he walked in, yeah, maybe not, maybe only twice, but it was mentioned a couple times. John Wayne says it once or twice to him, like, "Fine, I'll just put a half dollar in the spittoon yeah. for you." <laughs> and he um, says, "Yeah, he's constantly telling him, go drink if you want to drink." Yeah, yeah. Um, were you? Did that get on your nerves? At a all? little bit. It did. A little, little bit. Not really. Like I noticed it, but it actually didn't bother me. I thought the telling Stumpy to get back, uh, you yeah. know, in this place. I thought that was going to get on my nerves after, like, the fifth time. Well, I hated everything didn't. Stumpy, so. <laughs> <laughs> Great name, that's all I could say. Huh. No, I mean, when they, the second time they flicked the coin into the machine, I was like, really? You're doing that again? But then that was it, you know. It, was mm -hmm. it, was, it didn't bother me that much, but I did notice it, and I was like, that's weird. Yeah. Um... What was the other thing? Oh, the town itself. Uh, the town seemed really small. Very small. Like one street, um, maybe five buildings. Two of those buildings were two bars, basically. Because right, yeah. right in the beginning, he's at a bar, shoots the guy, walks out, and goes to a new bar. Yeah. yeah during, <laughs> which I thought that was awesome. That was um, But so, did you like that the town was that small? Did you like. It fit. It, it did it. fit the the movie. I felt like I almost feel it, it's fine that they wanted a really, really, really small town, but you could have showed a couple of the buildings and what's inside and shown that this is a real place. Yeah, like Seven Samurai. Yeah, exactly. Uh, even if it's only exactly with real Samurai or, or Seven Samurai. How about one wide shot? There's like it felt very stagey. 
It did. Um, but with Which Seven Samurai, they actually, like, a lot of times they were in different huts. Uh, and they showed yeah. that there was actually a purpose for these buildings, uh, not just for them to, to, for this one part of the movie, be in to hide. Whereas in Rio Bravo, there was a couple, like, broken down buildings, which I don't, why, I, I always wonder yeah. why places are broken down like that. Um, or why there's a Especially wall Especially in such a made. small town with, yeah. You would think that someone would fix it up or yeah. whatever. But um, but I feel like they were purposely there just for that moment in the film. Exactly. Not for any other real yes. purpose. Um, that's, the, that's the only thing that bothered me in this film. I don't think there's anything else in this film that I didn't like. Huh. I thought it was funny that there was an actual tumbleweed rolled through the town at one point. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's a real thing? <laughs> I don't know. Just point it out. And apparently the, the same director, Howard Hawks, and John Wayne immediately remade this movie and called it El Dorado. Really? Apparently it was like the same exact plot, but just with different characters and actors. Why did they... Apparently, re- instead of Colorado, there was a character named Mississippi. Like... Huh. They must have had so much fun working on this one. Yeah. I just thought that was interesting, because you would never see that nowadays. No, not at all. Um, this is, and the, you said this is your first John Wayne film like mine. This is your first Howard Hawks film. Right? I think so. I think you should definitely watch a lot of his other ones. Yeah. He does a lot that aren't Western. Seems like a competent the, director. The last two, I've, I've only seen two, Bringing Up Baby and, and His Girl Friday. Um, which yeah, are, I've heard they're, they're, they're great. Yeah, they were really good. Um, yeah, I really think this is a really good movie. I just had these things nagging at me that I guess, didn't make me love it. I guess if you just can't get into it, you can't get into it. Oh, but. I was into it. Like I, It was I like a groove, though. I wasn't on edge. I was more like, yeah, this is pretty good. This is I'm enjoying this. Like, I don't know. It was, it's hard to explain, but... And I... This is actually, I'm going to watch other John Wayne films because of this, though. Yeah, if to they're see all... see John I'd... Wayne, I understand why people like him. Yeah. I want to see his earlier stuff that made him get to where he was. Because I feel like already at this point in his his, his career, he's already so well established. Yeah. And so he has this charisma to him. Almost like an arrogancy to him. Mm-hmm. I want to see what gave him that arrogancy. Um, because I'm sure it's... Yeah. Twelve times. True grit, stagecoach. Um, yeah. You know, you've heard, I mean, I know of like all of his movies, but just haven't seen them. And I would easily, like I said, on a Sunday afternoon, John Wayne yeah. Marathon, now, yeah. just kick the heck and watch it. I yeah. could do it. Edgar's the one who... He's got the, us on he's opened, old westerns. He's opened this door. Yeah. So, thank you very We're much. Walking right on through. I would give it a light eight. Light eight, heavy seven and a half. Wow, that's pretty good. To me, it's nine and a half easily. I understand. I mean, the tension alone is just crazy. It really, I thought it was so palpable. I thought they did. He did such a such an incredible job or a phenomenal job hmm. showing it and making me feel it. So that's fair. Like I said, it was stumpy. The relationship mainly that held it back for me. Wow, I'm literally flabbergasted. But okay. yeah, I still, I didn't not like it. It's not as good as it gets, style comment. Which that's another one. Like, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> whatever. You're crazy. So my next movie is Matinee, um, a John Goodman film. Uh, the 
I don't know if you're going to love it um, Joe as Dante much. Directed. Um, it's about the the problem with us uh, since we weren't alive in like the '60s. Um, we don't know all the kind of uh, nuances of the films back then, even if we've seen a lot or even if we haven't, um, especially if we haven't. But this film kind of embodies that. It, uh, for a lot of people, it's nostalgia that, that they really liked it, but I think there's so much more. It's actually, it's it's about B-list horror films, um, but then that's kind of played on itself because it is its own B-list type of film right. that... I feel transcends that almost like um, the reanimator. Uh, the reanimator. Okay, I was just. It's ask. not purposely bad though. Yeah. It's not like that, um, but it is kind of a B B type of film that transcends it. Yeah, it's like if we see a movie that's making fun of the '80s or '90s movies now. Yeah, ex- but we don't have that reference point. Exactly. I think though that you will still understand. I don't think yeah. it's that far off from the us. '60s because if you. I feel like we've watched enough. I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know how many horror films you watched back then. If you hadn't even seen uh, Night of the Living Dead, you know. Well, now I have. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but I, I think you'll still get it. Uh, I hope you do. I, I hope so. It's really funny. That's well, I thing. like John Goodman. I like the director. Did the Gremlins movies? I mean, yeah. I love them. I think I've actually done really good, a really good job of recommending comedies to you. True. So. Yeah. I think I've done better recommending comedies probably than anything else. Probably Planes, Trains, su- Automobiles. Which is surprising because I don't recommend you them. I know they're funny, but I don't recommend you them as comedies. Right. <laughs> yeah. But trains, Planes and Automobiles, the connection you make at the very end sold me on it forever. Like Even Bandits, I thought was band- really funny. Yeah, like that to me yeah. was crazy that you <laughs> loved it for the comedy or liked it for the comedy. Matinee will be my new favorite comedy mm-hmm. of all time. This is definitely a really good comedy. Yeah. Maybe that's why you might not like it. You might think it's not funny because right. I think it's a full. We'll full see. But you'll be talking about Amelie next week. Ah, pretty excited. I'm going to rewatch it as long right. as I can find time. So mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to it. What else did you watch Okay. this week? Should I start with the big ones? Yeah, start big. Start big. Go big or go home. Okay, I watched considered the greatest film of all time, Citizen Kane. Oh. I finally decided to watch it. Extremely nervous, um, <laughs> but literally the moment I started watching it, uh, well, within the first five minutes, I knew I loved this film. Really? Within the, it starts off telling the story of uh, uh, Charles Foster Kane. Um, and you, uh, you don't know at first whether this is just like a setup for something else, if it's just going through his life real quick. But you find out then that is just a, a com- make, like a commercial or promotion or whatever um, for a TV set or for a, you know a newspaper or whatever mm-hmm. it was. Um, but that moment when you find out that it's just that promotion, it it was like wow, this. <laughs> Is an incredible film. The way it looked, the cinematography of this film is so far beyond 1940s. I, I think that was 1940s. Yeah, way beyond. It's the done. cinematography is better than almost every film out today. Um, in freaking incredible, blew my mind. Really, absolutely amazing, amazing. I am so happy I enjoyed it. Good, good, um, good. 
Easily. Now I'm depressed that I didn't have that reaction. <laughs> it is. There's definitely some things. I mean, I was re- actually, to, I, and I hate that I was doing it, but I was really watching it um, with a critical eye. Prove to me that you're this good. See, well, no, no, no. See, trying to see what is wrong with it. That people are just they're they're over exaggerating that it's so incredible. Um, I don't think I think what most people see is that it's. It's pretty much timeless. Um, it's extremely solid. I don't feel That's like people. That's exactly what I say. It's just the solidest of solid movies. Like exactly the story. Just That's what I really feel like most critics feel. Well, I'm surprised because it is there will be blood story. I mean, I know this does it ten times better. It's in my a lot opinion. of similarities. Um, That's what I think most critics. Why most critics like it or love it? They say. I think it's way better than Solid. I really am like, wow. Uh, is it the best film ever? I don't think I enjoyed it. The, yeah. It's not the most enjoyable film to me. Yeah. But it is easily in my top 50, easily in my top 40. Nice. Pretty, probably in my top 30, oh maybe boy. my top 20. <laughs> um, wow. I really enjoyed this. Uh, our, uh, Wells does a phenomenal amazing, job yeah. as... Rosebud. Um, Rosebud. My only... That's probably one of my only problems with it. Um, with the repetition of the word Rosebud for some yeah. reason. I don't like the word Rosebud, I they guess. They wanted to make it meaningful. Um, they did. I don't... I, for the, the majority of the film, I think it, they... He, he, he realized that... Because uh, he, he co-wrote it uh, and directed and starred. Um, he understood that his audience was an intelligent audience... Except I feel like the very last thing, and I guess the actual, the general idea of the film, being Rosebud, he had, I don't even think there needed to be a word, he, he had the the um, uh, globe, um, whatever you call it, the snow globe, yeah. um, and you realize that's back home, it's snowing, it's, yeah. I, mean, I don't think you needed to have Rosebud being a... Um, Sled. Yeah. Oh, spoilers. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm sorry. Actually, I am really sorry uh, because I didn't want anyone to ever tell me that. Yeah. I mean, that would have ruined, yeah. ruined it for me. Uh, well, not really, um, because as soon as I saw the globe, I yeah. knew what it was. Uh, but I love the character. I love the transition um, from childhood to middle age uh, to elderly. Um, the also one of the other little problems. Some of the makeup was pretty bad yeah. for some of the aging. Some of the transitions were actually unbelievably good, uh, almost up to modern standards, um, almost to boyhood standards. Uh-oh. You know? uh, <laughs> um, but then others were really horrendous. So um, if they could have fixed that, like some of the makeup for the hair and stuff, yeah, yeah. was just atrocious. Besides that. Uh, the characters were so... I, I really enjoyed the characters. Uh, really, really enjoyed the story. But Orson Welles, he did such a great job. Um, does he star in all of his films? I believe most of them. I don't know. That's, I think it's the okay. only one I've seen. But Okay. Um, I would like to see a lot of his. Yeah. Um, but there's so much to love about this. I, the cinematography is probably it's the greatest. Great. It's great. Uh, the tracking shot. There's a tracking shot <laughs> into into one of the boardrooms. I think it's the first ever tracking uh, shot. It, maybe. Uh, that was perfect. Probably the best tracking shot. Um, but the... the uh, I mean, it is in black and white, 
but the looks lighting good. Looks of good. the oh, it looks good, yeah. Uh, but the lighting tells so much of the story. Uh, it's almost as much as the Godfather lighting. Uh. Um, oh, trust me, yeah. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you have no idea. Uh, especially with the second half, how dark it is, and how that just dark, is. Yeah. His life is so dark. Um, I don't know. I just, I really ten out of ten. No, nine and a half. Um, That's crazy. Give it a ten. I can't give it a ten. Uh, It would have to be that quality with that much enjoyment as I had with Take Shelter. Hmm. Um, But I I had a ton of enjoyment, but Take Shelter is probably my favorite film of all time. But even I realize that's not a 10 out of 10. (laughs) That's crazy. Um, Cool, I would give it an 8 out of 10. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Now, another movie I rewatched that you love. Zodiac. Yeah. Um, first time I watched it, thought it was yeah, it's pretty good. I liked the the scenes when like the mur- they show the murders happening and all that. Mm-hmm. But it just felt meandering and and dragged out to me. First time I watched it in two thousand and seven. But I love David Fincher movies. So and everyone is always like, Oh, it's one of the best movies of all time or at least of that year, which was an amazing year for movies. Same year, No Country for Old Men, There Will Be Blood came out. So I've been meaning to rewatch it for a while now, and you and since we're reviewing Gone Girl in a few weeks, I figured I might as well do it. I've never been more wrong about a movie in my entire life. Well, I'm glad it is one of the best movies of all time. Yeah, it's amazing. At the very least, top two hundred, I'd say. I think immediately it's in my top thirty-five. Top thirty-five, wow! And yeah. it could be. I I don't ever. I haven't made a list. I don't know but. what the hell was wrong with me before. That's how much I liked it. I don't know if it's just I, since it's been seven years, probably. Maybe I've just grown that much as a film watcher, or I just was in the wrong headspace, or too tired at the time. I don't know what, but I loved every single thing about this movie. I actually, it's a real, it's a pretty long movie. Yeah. In the sense of time. two and a half hours, it doesn't feel like it whatsoever. It's I would have loved. Pace. I would have loved if it was longer. Yeah, I could have easily got um, behind that. The only problem with the film, I think, is Robert Downey Jr. I um, surprisingly, I don't tend to like him when he's not Iron Man. I really liked him in this movie, except later on when he was more of a over-the-top uh, alcoholic, then I was like, okay. I didn't like the beginning kind of arrogant. See, I uh, like that he's perfect at that. But it was a weird type of arrogant for him. Um, hmm. I like the middle middle yes, section of him. Definitely. And then, yeah, he did kind of go over the top when he's depressed and all afterwards. Yeah. Um, but I just love... It's so perfect how they transition through time. Mm, like, yeah. in, the focus can go from Jake Gyllenhaal's character to the actual murder scenes to... Robert Downey Jr.'s character to Mark Ruffalo's cops. Like, they're just constantly changing the focus on, you know, what's important at that time. I thought that was awesome. They're just... It's definitely the best mystery thriller of all time. It could be. It's a masterpiece. It honestly is. It really is, yeah. It really is that good. Perfect ending. Like, so, I don't know. I just was riveted the whole time. And it's a Absolutely. movie I'd already seen. So. Which is when when I saw it, and you said you didn't like it before I had saw it. Like, Should have slapped me in the face. I, 
I didn't I, like as I was watching. I was like, "This you don't you have no idea. You watched a different movie." Yeah, I think I did. Like, I don't know if again if it's just like I was expecting something else, and I really like the murder scenes because that was more like a creepy horror action type thing. And then I, I don't know, but <laughs> I ten out of ten yeah. for me. So wow. Um. Now I did watch another one, uh, another one considered one of the greatest, Vertigo. Um, it won uh, 2012, the number one spot. Took Citizen took over for Citizen Kane, who had the reign for like 60 years or 50. Citizen years. Kane's better um, by far. I don't know what people. I think Vertigo is way overpraised. It's good. Um, I would give it. I would give it an eight. I actually I enjoyed it, but not. Incredible. I agree. Um, I completely agree. I think I did like a little. I, I read a couple things, but like, which is weird that Hitchcock was uh, considered at the time uh, when he was making all of his movies. He was more of a populist. Like people, yeah. all, the masses loved him, but critics didn't. Critics kind of saw him as just ma- uh, pandering towards the the public and not really creating art, which yeah. is weird because I think that's completely opposite. Of what everyone believes now, yeah. like he is conceded, seen as one of the best artists in cinema. Um, but so over time, we've now like we've we've just overhyped his some of his films, and I think Vertigo is one of them. Like I think Dollar M for Murder is better. I do too. Um, you should check out North by Northwest. I do want to see that. It's really good. I want to see Rear Window. I want to. I want to see Rear Window. I think um, I like Vertigo better than Rear Window, but really. a lot of people don't um, agree with that. I don't. I don't know. Um, but I do really. I want to watch all of this because I. I did really enjoy it. I'm not gonna. I can't. I'm not gonna say I didn't. Yeah. But it's not the best film of all time. I don't know how it could have ever have won that. Yeah, that's. It was odd to me when I watched it too. It just seemed like a I nice, mean, simple thriller. Or, you know. Yeah. I mean. And the one, uh, so the film goes through, and um, the one, this cop is, uh, um, who was in, he was in a Wonderful Life. I don't know his name. James Stewart. Yeah, James Stewart. There you go. Is he? He's in a lot of Hitchcock films, right? I think so. Yeah. Um, he's a, a retired cop that is, um, basically monitoring uh, his friend's wife. Because he thinks his friend's wife, uh, the friend thinks what? his wife. The opening scene that was awesome. How he got his vertigo? Oh, it was. That was great. Oh, it was absolutely. Um, so, but yeah. so you, you uh, he, they think the friend's wife uh, is possessed, um, and so as you're watching it, all this weird stuff is happening, and you're just wondering, oh my god, is she possessed? Like, yeah. I, I was wondering, maybe the, you know, this is like a supernatural type of film, yeah. and she is possessed. Or what could the explanation be? And then you find out what the explanation is, and it's almost like it came out of nowhere. It was almost... It's like one of those twists that are just put in there to be a twist type of thing. Maybe just at the time they weren't doing that back then. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, may, maybe there was clues I didn't see. I mean, I didn't watch it so closely and examine every frame. Um so I might have missed some stuff, but it just seemed like it came literally out of nowhere. Uh, I think it is a very influential film. Like one thing is that because he has vertigo, uh, whenever he sees heights, it zooms in yeah. while the camera's backing out. I don't know what that's called. I can't. I uh, know there's a name for it, but yeah, but that's like the first time it ever happened. Uh, yes, um, in film. and it worked pretty well. It did. It absolutely did. 
and it's definitely been re, uh, refined a lot more. Mm-hmm. It, it looks a lot better now. Uh, but at the time, yeah, I'm sure it was very crazy that, yeah. um, that everyone wondered how he did it. But uh, but it is a simple. I think the camera zooms in while the camera's backing up physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. I, th- I mean, it's a good film, but one, the age, like I said earlier in the podcast, the age difference is so dramatic. Even Hitchcock, I think, said uh, that he, he thought that was the one flaw of the, of the film is that the age difference mm-hmm. in the casting is so dramatic that you can never believe that they fall in love. The, she's a painter, right? Um, or that's his friend. I don't know what his friend does. and I don't. Yeah. She doesn't have a job. She's yeah. a, they're rich. So <laughs> she doesn't have to do anything. Um, but then the film is also really long. and It was pretty, yeah. Uh, you find out the twist within the first like half the film and the other half is meandering a little bit. A little it's bit. Like, I don't, yeah. It was very long. Yeah. Well, I watched Ida, which is on Netflix Instant. It's nominated for Best Foreign Language at the Oscars this year. A black and white film where it's this Christian nun, this young, I guess aren't all nuns Christian, (laughs) but uh, a young nun in, uh, I want to say, 50s, in the 1950s. I think she's in Poland or something like that. And she was adopted by the church when she was a baby and grew up to be a nun and then she finds out that she was a she's actually Jewish she finds out her who her aunt is she goes visits her she finds out she's Jewish Jewish I can't speak right now and she proceeds to go through and try to figure out her heritage and what happened to her why her parents aren't around etc cetera, etc cetera. and it basically it's like a road trip movie of this Jewish nun and her aunt as they just drive around Poland and all these places trying to figure out what happened. Mm-hmm. And it's it's really good. It's only 80 minutes long, hour and 20 minutes. Brisk. Get in, get out. Very good movie. Uh, 8 out of 10. That's good. That's yeah. good. Um, I watched Frank. Nice. I know you had seen it. Yep. Uh, I had extremely high expectations. Yeah, you did. Extremely. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it did not fulfill those expectations. I didn't think it was going to. Even closely. <sighs> not a bad film. like probably seven and a half. Agreed. Um, completely. Some of the film was fun to watch. Some of it just it really dipped down uh, in in terms of I don't want to say quality, but uh, interest level for me. Uh, I just didn't. I wasn't yeah. interested. Uh, Michael Fassbender is actually a pretty good singer. Yeah, um, that scene at the end was easily the best scene in the movie. Yeah, that actually, song. I, I replayed it. It was awesome, uh, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, but it, it it's it, it almost aggravated me because he is this good singer, but the band is playing this really weird, god awful uh, music, and I'm really surprised. One of the interest uh, instruments the lady uses is a. Uh, what is it called? Basically, it it's a creates different frequencies based upon uh, like having your hand close to it yeah. or human flesh close to it. Um, I've heard about it before uh, on ninety eight rock. I don't know if ninety eight rock goes throughout the country or if it's just here in Baltimore. Yeah, probably just Baltimore. Um, but one person uses that. I can't. I don't know what it's called. Um, flesh accord. <laughs> I like it's literally right on the tip of my tongue, but um, but so they they play this really weird 
music, yet they could be playing something like Inside Lewin Davis. is just awesome music that I would love, and yeah. I wanted that to happen, and it didn't. Yep. So. Yep, I knew, as soon as you told me your expectations, I was like, well, there goes that. Yeah. But, but, uh, well, because I, at, when I, all of, like the reviews I saw, there was so much high praise for it. Um, and I, the one thing I actually really did like about the film is even though he was wearing this really large head over top of him, his own head, that actually fit somehow in the film. It, felt, it did, yeah. It felt fine. You, you know, know what was a really cool scene was when um, the new kid on in uh, in the band, he's talking to the manager who <laughs> is played by Scoot McNary, who's actually kind of crazy. And he's like, well, well, how did, what do you mean he never takes it off? How does he shower? What's his beard look like? And he's like, he never takes it off. You just got to go with it. It's like he's <laughs> speaking to the to the viewing audience as well. Yeah. I like that. But, yeah. Well, we all want to see Michael Fassbender's beautiful face. So. Yeah. Actually, when he took the mask off, I was like, <laughs> well, put it back. Oh, <laughs> my God. I think they had it, like, his hair was, like, all messed up from having the, the face on the whole time. Yeah. I watched The Human Centipede. The first one? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'd been avoiding this, like the plague, because it's At just... first, when people watched it, they actually thought it was a really good film, and then everyone, after about the first four months of the craze, then said, no, it's not a good film. It's, it's just... disgusting. It's disgusting. It's just some D-list film that's gross. I'm not super into potty humor like that, so it was just... I don't, There was no humor in this not, film. Not, I, I didn't mean potty humor. I just mean, like... Shit, <laughs> literally, I don't know. They had to literally eat the crap. Yeah, see, of the person who was eating crap. That was the, the caboose, and so he died. Obviously, she or she, she got no nutrients. I uh, know. But didn't the, the whole person die? He oh, he slit his throat. So spoilers. It's so. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> the middle guy who was girl. Girl. Well, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> stuck there. Oh my gosh, crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. The villain, great is villain. good, great villain. He is actually that was. I mean, he's the standout part. Not incredible, but really good. Yeah, compared to everything else in the film, I'll say it was definitely better than I expected. It wasn't as nasty and like the whole movie isn't just them shitting down each other's throats the whole time. <laughs> uh, the beginning was a little wonky. I felt like it rushed to get into it. It was creepy to see the dog one though. That yeah. was weird, <laughs> but uh, you, what about him training them? Yeah, him having them out in the the yard and like so creepy. That was perfect, though. The best part, though, is the middle before they're operated on, or up into the actual operation. From the time they're captured till the actual operation was great horror, because at one point it's just you see that fear. They see. He like he's presenting what's about to happen to him, and you can put yourself in their shoes. Like, if you have nothing you can possibly do, and th he's showing you this is what's going to happen. The terror in that, I felt, was really real. Mm -hmm. And then the one girl escapes at one point, and she just there's no way she can't she can't get out. And he's just like, you know, I'd like to thank you for making this easy. And now I know who will be the middle piece. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like. Funny, but also terrifying for her, you know, yeah. obviously. So now, which one did you like better, this this or Tusk? 
Tusk. You did like Tusk, right? Yeah. I just, once the operation actually happened, I felt like, at the beginning and then weren't the best for me. But it definitely was creepy and had horrific elements. The one scene that's just disgusting is when he's like, um, I have to shit, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and the guy's like, feed her, feed her. <laughs> that was just like... <laughs> the worst oh the worst <laughs> but uh six and a half out of ten what was he eating didn't he did he eat dog food i think so not good gourmet foods <laughs> oh god yeah gross and i hear the second one is like way worse and more just of what people imagine the first one being the second one actually is this one, oh. so i don't i'm not even gonna try it yeah that's what everyone said about the first one though well, so maybe i'll watch it <laughs> Anything else for you? Yeah. Uh, I watched Women Aren't Funny, a documentary. Um, oh, controversial. Very. Uh, Christopher Hitchens uh, wrote in Vanity Fair uh, an, uh, an article saying how women aren't funny. And I think that's what started the documentary. Um, basically, it's, it basically goes through how society doesn't really think women are funny why that is and kind of the reason and kind of showing that we kind of don't want them to be funny um that makes sense and it's actually well i don't want to say it's not good of a documentary it was okay kind of bland yeah um i did watch another like women if you know (laughs) um i mean it was actually pretty funny this one the joke some of it wasn't though um go on the record though are women funny um some are some aren't. Just saying men. Yeah. Um, I, I, I've easily... I mean, it's common sense that some yeah. are, some aren't. Um, it's ridiculous. Is, but is it different percentage-wise? Are men more funny than women? I just think that from the past, the women haven't had a chance to try to be funny. You know? They had to do this and do that while men there's been comedians for a while now and they've had all these privileges so i don't know i think there's not as many women trying to do oh there's nowhere near there's thousands of men there was i think they said there was like eight touring female comedians while thousands of men right i think there's probably more now well this was like 2010 2011 yeah i just Um, think i think it eventually now that women have equal rights uh well, I mean, I think it'll start I mean, do you think, more. Do you think just innately men are more funny than women? To me, humor is subjective. Obviously, I'm going to see a man's viewpoint more. So I think girls would find girls funnier more often than they probably find guys. Yeah. I don't know. I think Amy Schumer is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I don't know. I don't. I feel society right now. The way society thinks, um, and we see certain types of attributes and so forth, uh, certain types of world events, and uh, men are funnier as a result because they are able to say certain things in a certain way. And get way away with it. And get away with it. Um, but not even so much getting away with it, just the way they're able to say certain things makes it funnier. So I do think men are funnier. <laughs> okay. I will say. I'll say I have found men to be funnier, but that doesn't I don't think that they just inherently are. No, I don't think inherently they are. Okay. 
Um, but I did watch actually a really good documentary called Living on One Dollar. Um, these four uh, four guys, four friends, go over to is it Uganda? It's um, Guatemala. Uganda, be kidding me. <laughs> they go to Guatemala, uh, where um, a huge ma- I don't know if majority, but a huge uh, percentage. Uh, of the population actually lives on one dollar a day, um, wow. yeah, per person, um, and so they try to do that, uh, and they they show the different ways that whether the government's trying McDonald's. to help through um, obviously they don't have McDonald's, you know, <laughs> on a village of three hundred people yeah. on the side of a mountain type of thing. Um, it's really actually a really good documentary. Really? You get to know certain people. There's one person that is such an incredible person that you immediately go, "Wow, I'm a terrible person because I'm not that person." You know, yeah. I'm not him. Um, it's oh, it's a good documentary. I really enjoyed it. Out of just nowhere, it looks almost like one of those ones that are going to be kind of cheesy, trying right. to be feel good maybe. Yeah. But it turns out to be just more informational or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not at all. This is a good documentary. Cool. At least you saw one. Yeah. I watched the interview. Did you? How'd the you like controversial it? comedy of the Christmas season. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, which you expect. You yeah. Know I mean? It's just a Seth Rogen, James Franco comedy. One of their lesser ones. I usually find those guys pretty funny. At the time, but then when you look back, I feel like you go, ah. Yeah, maybe. Like Pineapple Express, I didn't really like that much. Everyone loves it, though. I know. I think it's one of the most overrated comedies. At the time, certain scenes were like, oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, looking back... Liked it, but... I this mean, is the end. At the time, liked it. Looking back, I'm like, okay, it was okay. Not... Yeah, I liked that one a little bit more. But, yeah, I know what you're saying. Even Neighbors. Mm. At the time, I laughed. But then I'm like, well... Whatever. I didn't even laugh that much. <laughs> <laughs> but this is obviously the movie where uh, James Franco was a talk show host and... Seth Rogen's his producer. They finally get an interview with North Korean dictator Kim Jong Un, and they go the CIA tasks them to assassinate him. Mm-hmm. It has its moments. It's funny here and there. Some stuff isn't so funny. The best part of the movie is the guy that's playing Kim Jong Un. He's really good. Is he? Yeah, he's really good. And how him and James Franco hit it off immediately and become (laughs) buddy-buddy. That's some of the best stuff in the movie. They're playing basketball together. and (laughs) That's actually pretty darn funny. Because he actually, in real life, he does like basketball. That's why he had... uh, Which basketball player did he have over? Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Like, (laughs) a lot of the stuff with how different the cultures are and how, like, the myths and rumors about Kim Mm Jong-un, that's probably the best stuff. But I don't know. It's just uh, does anyone have any any mythology behind him yet? What do you mean? Uh, like his father did. Even he shot eighteen holes in one or something. Yeah, very similar or, things. Apparently, <laughs> he doesn't pee and poop, so he doesn't need an asshole. He doesn't have an asshole because he doesn't need it. Hmm. That's See, the that's one myth. Like I wonder if because I, I I saw that in one of the commercials right. or whatever the trailers. But I wonder, is that for his father, though? Is that Are they just transferring the ones from his father? Because I don't know. I haven't heard any mythology behind it. I don't know. Apparently, mm. it's just as crazy as his dad. 
mm. with that kind of stuff. But in the end, it's just a mediocre comedy. Should watch it, right? Yeah, I think it's worth watching. I might Six watch and it a half out of ten. Anything else? No, that's it for me. All right, I have a couple more. A Walk Among the Shadows, the latest Liam Neeson flick. He's a. It's from the director of The Lookout. Have you ever seen that? Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Uh, it sounds familiar. I really like that movie. So it's written, directed by the same guy here. It's just a. It's a Liam Neeson action revenge thriller, which is all he ever does nowadays, right? Yeah. But when this, he's not being, you know, the god Schindler. Uh, Azrath. Oh, from Clash of Titans or whatever? No, uh, I wasn't even thinking about it yet, but then he's got <laughs> it in that. No, the um, Chronicles of Narnia. Oh, I didn't really see those Aslan. movies. Aslan. I didn't see them. No. But in this, he plays a former cop who lo he lost the job after an incident in the past. So now all he does is go around helping people on the side, investigating stuff. And, and now there's this case that comes up with people's wives, drug dealers in specific, their wives or close members of their family are being kidnapped, held at ransom, they give the money up, and they kill the person anyway. Wow. So, that's basically where it goes from there. and It does a pretty good job of balancing the past and the present, and why he's where he is, and how he's good at what he does. It's like a typical... Liam Neeson thriller, but a little bit better. I liked it way better than Nonstop. It's better than your average Liam Neeson uh, thriller. The worst part is Astro, a singer slash rapper from the U.S. Act X Factor turned actor who's in Earth to Echo. He's in this. I mean, he's okay, but his character was just so contrived and out of place that it kind of brought it down. He's like an orphan who becomes a sidekick to Liam Neeson. Hmm. So. I mean, Liam Neeson, even though his films are typically crap now, he still somehow carries his yeah. presence. Yeah, he's losing it for me. Yo, absolutely. <laughs> it's it's waning. But This was a 6.5 out of 10. I was a little pleasantly surprised. I just, I don't know. It was just I had to buy one, get one for the Redbox, so... Yeah. It's just what, what seemed to be the best of what was there. So, another one that I got was Rudderless, which just came out. This is a musical, so to speak, from Sundance last year. It's about a, a dad who his son is killed in a school shooting, and then he finds these CDs of all these songs that he wrote. So he decides he's going to go sing, sing, form a van and sing these songs and and for catharsis or whatever. And it's like a feel-good movie. It's William H. Macy's directorial debut, actually. Mm -hmm. um, does a decent job. It, it Again, it's a little contrived. Um, there's a bit of a twist about halfway or more in the movie that surprised me. Even I think I should have saw it coming, but it surprised me. and was somewhat effective, but... It's a little. Everything's just a little obvious. If you think about the description I just gave you, you pretty much know the movie it, it's going to be. Mm -hmm. But some decent music. It, it was an enjoyable watch. 
Seven out of ten. Uh, not a big fan of musicals, so. I mean, not a not an Into the Woods musical, just like a Once type musical. Or oh, inside, okay. where they're just a musical, as in they're actually playing music and they'll show them sing the songs. Oh, okay, so it's not my my son is dead. He, no, <laughs> but it was okay. And I watched Kill Bill. Obviously, talked about that. And King of the Nerds season three premiered. Have you ever seen it? Yeah, you watch that. I just Rob has a podcast is covering it this so See. I figured oh, yeah, I'll watch it just so I have a podcast to listen to. Huh. Did you watch it? No, I haven't seen uh, the newest season yet. The, the I s- I've it, seen uh, I've seen the previous seasons, not every episode. I have a hard time watching every episode of things. They pick know, the nerdiest of the nerdiest. But, but it's real. Like I oh, actually yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing is I just went this weekend to a game convention where it's just everyone is the geekiest people mm-hmm. in the world, um, but that's just how the, how they are. I mean, yeah. I mean I how they are. I mean, I've, I've completely I felt at home. I so. like that the show is not mocking in any way. Mm-hmm. Rolls with it. I mean, they really embrace it. I think it's really good. Yeah, but for them, it's less about uh, nerdiness, though. It's more geeky. Yeah. It's the, yeah, yeah. the games doing kind of pop culture, but, sci-fi stuff. Yeah. It's not so much about. Knowledge. At a glance, I'm like. Like, this might not be for me. Like, that's too geeky for me. But then, all the subject matter, I'm like, yeah, I'm into that. Well, I'm interested in that, you know? Like, they're mm-hmm. they're talking about stuff that I'm into, and yeah. I'm, I don't know. I thought I found it enjoyable. Yeah, I don't, I, I haven't seen enough episodes, uh, but how much is it on the people itself, and how much is it on the game show? I feel like it was more on the games show part of it. I feel like it was pretty balanced. Yeah. I felt like they focused on... These characters, like there's this one guy who's kind of a villain, I guess, so to speak, mm. just because he's cocky. Yeah. But um, they, this one, they actually, <laughs> the final challenge, I guess, when it's down to two people and they fight it out to see who goes home, they both dressed up as a kaiju and it was like a trivia. If you got it right, you got to destroy this part of town in advance. And That's pretty, was pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Um, there's a show called Beauty and the Geek. I heard of that too, yeah. Uh, Back I didn't the, see it. That was an awesome show. If you like, mm-hmm. kind of. What about Beat the stuff. Geeks? I've never heard of that. Oh. But Beauty of the Geek it was, <laughs> and actually, I think Ashton Kutcher is the one who made it. Uh, and it actually, I can't believe they got He's it. He's the, the geek, air. right? Yeah. <laughs> it, it it is so weird how people think it's it's now cool to be geeky. Yeah. But you don't be too geeky. Like you like if a geek actually like if I went up and started talking about. Um, Star Wars, you know, stuff. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, I don't really You'll like that. You'll still be so. shoved in a locker. Yeah. Like. <laughs> but King of the Nerds, those are authentics. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I like about it, too. It's not people pretending to be cool, you know. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'll, I'll watch it just so I can listen to a podcast about it. That's where uh, I'm at in my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple news items. They have cast the young... New X-Men for X-Men Apocalypse. Okay. One of my favorite young actors, Ty Sheridan mm-hmm. from Mud and uh, A Tree of Life. He will be young Cyclops. How, how young? Oh, he was in Joe, too. Uh, I guess... I don't know. Ten-year-old Cyclops? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like him as an actor, so I'm excited that he was cast. I don't. I, I guess can't... so because Xavier is still Xavier's yeah. young in the. Yeah. He's like thirty. Mm-hmm. 
I can't picture him as Cyclops, but I'm excited just because I like him as an actor. Yeah, that's, yeah, I can't see it right now. But Young Jean Grey is Sophie Turner. She is Sansa from Game of Thrones. But see, now, doesn't this go against the story they created uh, in the original trilogy? How um, Magneto and Xavier found her um, when they were already a certain age? I don't know. And they trapped her mind with certain barriers and stuff. Uh, that was already well, set she's up. she's like 19 now. In the original trilogy. Maybe it's going to be... Wouldn't it? Well, in this, when... In X-Men know. First Class, it screws up the whole timeline. You can't do but this. But Days of Future Past maybe just erased everything and they can just do whatever they want. Because what timeline is right now? You know? Well, whatever. And the Young Storm is Alexandra Ship. I don't know who that is. But Neither do I. But I don't know. It's kind of interesting that they're going to recast these characters all over again. It's an interesting way to do it without losing fans because, oh my god, this guy's not playing so-and-so anymore. You mm -hmm. know, but... He's going to be, uh... Wolverine. Wolverine. Hugh Jackman. Jackman. <laughs> of course, he doesn't age. That'd be cool. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be CGI. I actually did just watch part of X-Men 2. And I wasn't going to include it because I only watched a part of it. One of the best movies ever made. He seems so much younger. Yeah, he does. Yet at the same time, when you just watch Hugh Jackman now as Wolverine, he still seems extremely young. Yeah. But when you look at the original, oh my God. It's crazy. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Mission Impossible 5 was originally slated to come out December 25th, 2015, Christmas Day. has been moved up to July 31st of this year. Which one? I'm sorry. Mission Impossible 5. Uh, it's one of those um, series. I like the first, third, and fourth of the series. That it's. I almost feel like it's overdone. Why are we getting more? Uh, they're not even that good. Yet every time I watch them, Enjoy I it. like them. Yeah, it's just like the, it's the Tom Cruise effect. He's so likable. He is when he's in a film. He is such a great actor. But before you watch the film, you're like, no, he's not. He's a terrible actor. <laughs> exactly. I don't like him. We've learned our him. lesson here. Yeah, we we Oblivion, are incredible movie. Not well, incredible. But, I, but we completely will. watchable. Yeah, more than one. enjoyable. We kept re re referring to it at like every no, Jack Reacher was, was Jack the Reacher. one that we oh, said. Was, it's yeah. a Jack Reacher style. Yeah, <laughs> not as good as Jack Reacher. <laughs> <laughs> but that's interesting. You usually, hear movies pushed back, not moved up. Hey, maybe it's that good because it's supposed to come out the week after Star, the new Star Wars. I guess they didn't want to touch that. Oh, not at all. You, yeah. Of course you don't do that. Here's some bad news. Uh, DreamWorks Animation had a bad couple of years, and they downsized. They've let go of 500 employees, had to shut down some offices, and instead of three movies a year like they have been doing, they're only going to do two. Hmm. So isn't that going to hurt them even more? I don't know. Maybe they think with only focusing... On two quality a year, that it'll make more an effect when they do come out. I don't know. Supply and demand? I don't know. But don't in know. the crosshairs, How to Train Your Dragon Part 3 has been moved back a year. Wow. It was originally supposed to come out in June 2017. This is when Pixar should now be it's pouncing. June 2018. Pixar, well, Pixar didn't even have a movie pounce. last year. They have two this year. They need to yeah. take over the industry fully. <laughs> No, I say Studio Ghibli. This is your turn. Aren't they done? Aren't they out of business? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Someone needs to. Let's start drawing. 
animation. Let's do this. And the last bit of news is Emma Watson has been cast to play Belle in the new Disney live-action Beauty and the Beast adaptation. I don't want to see Beauty Hermione. And the Beast. She's everywhere. I don't really like Hermione in anything. <laughs> I like her. Like parts of being a wallflower, I hated her. The in bling that. ring. Yeah. Uh, the what? The bling ring. Sofia Coppola's last movie from 2013. Did we watch it? No, I watched it on my own. I like Beauty and the Beast animated a lot. Terrible message. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all the news I have. Did you have any? No, I am. I don't think I don't remember when I stopped doing episode news. forty. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's been a long time. Uh, I remember for a while they were competing to see who could get more news. I never was competing. <laughs> Uh, American Sniper was tops at the box office again. Yes. Uh, 64 mil up to 200. For the film, uh, it's about to be, be the, the highest grossing American um, war film ever. It's Is already it? beat Pearl Harbor. It's on its way to beating uh, Saving Private Ryan. Uh, even in when you account for inflation. Uh, it is the... It's on pace to... Make more domestically than any movie of last year. Oh yeah, that's crazy. Um, for the, a film that's been uh, that had over like eighty million in its first weekend, it had the lowest drop off by like it was only twenty three percent. Twenty three percent with sixty. That's yeah. crazy. Um, yeah, it's that's crazy that it's doing this good. I'm I surprised. Mean, I want to see it, but this is ridiculous. <laughs> I can't believe it has this much demand. It has what six Oscar nominations? Right? Yeah. That's driving, I guess, True. the film people. And then the mass is just, it's an American film. Yeah. See, it's not one that I'm, like, rushing at the theaters for. But I do want to see it when it when And it actually, is. I just read a story that there is a sniper right now who is about to overtake the record of most, <laughs> like, confirmed kills and stuff. So, uh-oh, uh-oh. He might get his own movie. Yeah. Canadian sniper. Yeah. He's Canadian. Is he? In my story. Oh. <laughs> uh, the... Drek that came out I mean not Drek I'm trying to what would you say the bombs the busts that tried to compete with American Sniper this weekend your boy George Lucas he had an animated movie come out bomb 5.5 million strange magic it was called how much did it cost them a million let's find out I um, need to know we'll see I mean I, I want to see if it's a good film who cares about how much money it makes 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. <laughs> <laughs> but you never know. Critics can be weird. You obviously are. You'd give it an 11%. Hey, I'll give it a shot. No, you wouldn't. No budget on record yet. Um, see, Looks I don't cheap as fuck. I don't <laughs> want to see his animated... I want to see his small-time film again. You saw his animated movies, the prequels. Ha, 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 ha. But I'm saying, exactly, I don't want to see his animated films. An even bigger bomb. Mordecai, Johnny Depp's latest... Yeah. Four million dollars. Johnny Depp has lost his magic. Is he's, he done? He's been done, man. When's the last time he made a really good movie? Oh, uh, I don't know about a really good movie, but he's pretty well, recently... Alice in Wonderland, probably his last hit movie. Exactly. I mean, I don't think that was that good, though. Um, no, I don't. But it's made a ton of money. Yeah. Audiences but don't give a shit anymore. Is, is he done? Do you he's think done. he is? I think he's done. You don't think he'll make a Unless, comeback? Unless, I think... It, He'll if he starts picking, comeback. if he gets together with a legit filmmaker and makes like a 
He's just putting on funny costumes and being weird. That's all he does now. It's kind of disappointing. This is the guy that was Tosh, Donnie. He did good in Tusk. He was okay, but he didn't fit the movie. It was still a crazy character, yeah. though. And this is the guy that was Donnie Brasco. You know, he was he's a great actor when he's serious. Yeah. But, fuck. I don't know. And The Boy Next Door. The J-Lo uh, romantic thriller. I didn't even know J-Lo was in another movie. Yeah. Jennifer Lopez. Didn't hear anything about 15 it. 15 million. Got second place. Hey, that's not bad. Yeah. They advertise that she gets naked in the movie. But and then she apparently doesn't. she does not. Hmm. So I will not be seeing this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and limited release, Black Sea came out, a Jude Law submarine movie. I actually heard about it. Heard about it. I don't know exactly what it's about, but I, I it sounds interesting. I like yeah. Jude Law. And Mommy, an acclaimed movie from Xavier Dolan that came out. Mm. And on Redbox next week, we'll be reviewing Fury. I'm looking forward to it. I'm not. This was on my top five most anticipated. It was. Wasn't it on yours? No. <laughs> I'm not Brad really Brad Pitt, Shia LaBeouf. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it for some reason. Hmm. Maybe, maybe that's a good I thing. I feel though. like it's going to make my top ten of the year. That's wow. my expectation wow. level. So you know I'll be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. And our top five war movies. That's a broad topic. A lot of good stuff to pick from. There it is. Seven Samurai could make it, right? I excluded it from my list. I've already made mine. No revising? Wait, Fury could make it. <laughs> I guess, yeah, I wouldn't say... That was more of a battle. Yeah. More so than a war. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. Also, Annabelle, the horror movie that you thought came out a couple of weeks ago when it was Jezebel. Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> this is the, the spin-off from The Conjuring. You love The Conjuring. Which we both liked, right? I, th you I gave it. it a seven and a half. Yeah, I think about that. I just like the the period piece yeah. feature of it. Well, are that you going to watch Annabelle? No, neither. For some reason, even though I like The Conjuring, just not interested. Yeah. And the R Christian Elvis impersonator movie, The Identical, hmm. is coming out on Redbox. You going to watch that? Top five Christian movies. Got my list. <laughs> <laughs> but you can email us the Redbox Report at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at the Redbox Report. I'm on Twitter at the Oriole Report. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes, on Stitcher, where you are able to be found. Nominate us for Best Movies and Films podcast at www.podcastawards.com. On Letterboxd, I am at the Oriole Report. I'm at Casey Brady. And as always, have a great day. Sun is sinking in. The cattle go down to the stream. The red wing settles in her nest. It's time for a cowboy to dream. Purple eyes in the canyon. That's where I long to be with my sweet. My rifle holding and me gonna hang my sombrero on the limb of a tree.